It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, does Cal have enough time to get right? And yes, the answer is yes. The third deserved the money. And last but not least, and for the culture, ooh, the Jets can't just, ooh, they can't get right. We'll talk about all that. It's ATL Day Ones. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to start off by saying thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. Today's episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. ATL Day Ones is also part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up in 10 minutes, um, Jesse Bates the third might just be worth it. We'll talk about that. But first, T, the Braves split the doubleheader yesterday with the Philadelphia Phillies, and the magic number is down to four. But I think that when you think about the significance of yesterday, um, outside of, you know, the Matt Olson home run, we'll get to that in a second, and Ronald Acuna just just making history around this bad boy. You got to say that, hey, Kyle Wright, although he had a rough uh, rough outing, but it was good to see him get back out on the mound. Yeah, and I think ahead of you know, the the postseason, we're talking about mid-September at this point. So there may be some more opportunities, we'll say, for him to tune up. But what I liked about it is, like you said, just seeing him. And, they, you know, the the Braves played a little chess, right, because they brought two two pitchers up and did not announce a starter until it was – like right there at the last moment. But yeah, yeah. I, I believe that Jackson although you Stevens, got yeah. Jackson Stevens, I was, mm-hmm. I was thinking like, was it Jackson Stevens? Cause I, I, yep. was, I know mm-hmm. he does relief too, but um, my thought on Kyle Wright is, yeah, I think it's good to see him. I think it's the right move. I mean, I kind of wished it was somewhere else, meaning like I wished it was another, you know, series mate, because this one, this one is not, this one is pseudo important, right? Because, yeah. I mean, and we'll talk about it in a second, but it's pseudo important in that it's still division. It's a, still a division rivalry. And no, you're not going to catch like the Phillies are never going to catch the Braves. That's not what I'm saying. No, but I what I am either. saying is right. Yeah, not going to happen. But, you know, when you talk about head to head matchups, it's still not out of the question for the Dodgers to catch the Braves. And so every game really does count because if they end up somehow miraculously with the same record, then that's where you're going to start going head to head matchups and who won the most games against them. So that's why I still was like, eh, maybe not this series, but the Braves are more than capable of getting what they need out of him. I feel like five or six days from now, um, when he when he returns, I just wished also uh, a little bit of taxing of the bullpen a little sooner than we would have wanted. But it's it's all good. Good to see Kyle back overall. Yeah, and I think that with 18 games left, 
Like you yes. said, you can get a few more starts, like mm-hmm. probably t- between two and three more starts before the season gets um is out. You know, yes. and I think that you know, hopefully that can be enough for him to get tuned up to be ready for the postseason. Not necessarily to be a starter, but right. definitely to you know be a guy to hey, to give you some long relief um, at, at some point. And you have the wild card round, you know, so that's a great opportunity as well for just that extra rest. But he's right. already called up. And I would say, Jarvis, I don't know if you agree, but I think he's called up for good. I, I don't oh, yeah. expect yeah, them to send down. him back to Gwinnett. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't see that. I don't foresee that happening because, like you said, it's, it's towards the end of the season and you need to see what what, what he's going to be able to work with. So you can kind of have come up with a plan during during the playoffs to say, you know what? Hey, we're we're in this bad boy for the long run. So mm-hmm. here's how we're going to be able to use you as we go along. So I think that yeah. Allison Thomas and Brian Snicker are definitely going to have a plan set for them. Now, speaking of plan, um, Ronald Cunha's plans on hitting this 40-40 club here soon. T, like, <laughs> this dude, what, four home runs away right now? Like, nice. like, like and this will be the – and he's only what been done – I think since Alfonso Sariona was the last person who actually um, who did the who hit the forty forty club, so yeah, yeah. Talk about just Ron Acuna just being in this space to be able to accomplish something. Not only thirty sixty, but like forty forty. That is a yeah. very exclusive club. Exactly, and you know, I, I don't think we've actually talked about this part of it, but I just want to say this. I have heard some. I'm going to just call them haters. I have heard right. some haters try to do, you know, it's the similar similar to what people did to Tyler Algier last year, trying to debunk what he did as far as his thousand yard season. Oh, he had 17 games. So that doesn't really count. Yeah, it does. Because first of all, he only played 16. Let's just start there. And second mm-hmm. of all, he didn't make the rules. So a thousand is a thousand is a thousand Point blank, period. Same yeah. thing for Ronda Zacuna Jr. And might I say... And can I add to that, T? If if it wasn't that big of a deal, why hasn't it been done since 1979? Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, on, what are we talking it's, about here? Right. So that's the thing. <laughs> and to your point, that hasn't been done since 1979. And then you look at what Ronald Acuna has been able to do. There are only a couple of other players in MLB history to hit 20-plus home runs and 60 five stolen bases, which he's coming up on. That's Ricky Henderson, Eric Davis, and Joe Morgan. And Ronald Acuna Jr. is actually the only man to do so with 30 plus home runs out of that group. Right. Right. And so when you think about history and how long major league baseball has existed and the fact that there have been some adjustments to make it more feasible for pitchers, more, you know, it some adjustments for pitch, pitching. Now I know they have done it for hitters as well. But my mm-hmm. point being, don't, don't, there have been some people trying to minimize it to say, hey, he had a longer season. And just so the, the you know, bases and how they're positioned. Again, he didn't make the rules. He's just right. abiding by them and taking advantage of them. But, but when you have margins like that, home run margins like that, stolen bases margins like that. What that does tell me is he would have done it in any era. So stop hating. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, like, please. Like, yes, exactly what all of what Tanisha Batiste said. Speaking of, you know, like not necessarily hating, but, you know, like um, Matt Olsen is hitting 50 home runs uh, yesterday, T. 
He's yes. one home run away from breaking Andrew Jones' franchise record of 51 yes. home runs back in 2005. That was a, a great season for everybody back in back, back then seasonally. So, yeah, um, how about, you know, just Olsen just being able to just quietly just, hey, I hit 50 home runs. And how cool was it to see Kyle Schwarber actually going out and get the ball, getting that uh, 50 home, 50th home run ball from the fan and kind of negotiating a little bit. And like, hey, I got a ball for you. You know, here you go. Take this ball. So I think that was, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, very, very classy move. And it tells you. When you think of Braves Phillies, you don't think of enmity. You know, you don't think of nastiness Absolutely the way, not. like, <laughs> definitely wouldn't have wanted to see this happen in, in Queens because I, I don't think the Mets would have, Mets fan would have given the ball back. I'm just saying. Nah, so I'm, yeah. I'm glad I'm that it happened. A check there, you know. <laughs> right. There, there would have been some real negotiating had one of their fans picked it up. I'm convinced. But yeah, that was such a cool move. And I would like to say, too, for the NL player of the week, Matt Olson, that I am going to raise my hand and reset my second half MVP. You're the Braves team MVP, I believe, because when Ronald Acuna is your NL MVP. So, hey, let's spread a little love around, right? Around, yes. Yeah, but we said, <laughs> and we really thought that it would have to be Austin Riley who would have to pick up the pace completely in the second half. And Austin Riley has picked up his pace. Michael Harris II has picked up his pace. So many have picked up their pace, but this guy – He's really picked up the pace. So he's a second half MVP. I feel like, like you said, with just 18 games left, I don't see him not breaking that record and maybe even approaching 60. Unreal. Oh, that'd be, that would be absolutely amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And have multiple guys on, on your, in your lineup to be able to just break records like that. Right. Like, and then is, just having, yeah. right. And then not just, being the major league leader in home runs, but you're the major league leader in RBI. So that also speaks to you're going to drive a run in. It doesn't always have to be the long ball. If guys in front of you can get on base, you're going to make it happen where they're able to, to drive. You're speed. able to drive runs in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and right, and, right. And you've got two speed speedsters. So Acuna Jr. and Albies, Ozzy Albies, they're going to get on base for you uh, most of the time, right? And mm-hmm. so if you can just get Austin Riley to sometimes he'll he'll drive him home, but a lot of times it's Matt Olson in that cleanup spot. So yeah, I think that's an incredible stat as well. We look at the home runs, but don't forget about the RBI. Absolutely, and we no, don't forget about the Braves taking on in the third game of this series. They can knock that magic number down to two. Max Free is on the mound taking on Zach Wheeler. We know. We understand who Zach Willier is and what he's able to do. So there will be first pitch tonight at 640 um, yeah. right on Ballet Sports South. So, yeah, definitely going to keep an eye on that. Folks, I want to let you know that this episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook because it is the number one sportsbook in America. Guess what, guys? For all your new customers, they got this really special deal for you. So listen up and listen closely. Right now, you can get... Bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Yes, 200 in bonus bets that you can use from anything or from the money line, the over-unders, player props, all that stuff. You think Tyler Algier is going to get over 100 yards rushing? Yeah, go ahead and go to FanDuel.com slash locked on right now. Plus, not only that. All customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. So if you're in Washington, D.C. and you want to check out your Falcons, go to that 
right now and get that money off. Because, hey, any way you can save a dollar or a buck, you better go ahead and do it. Because, well, no, inflation is real right around here. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and carry off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, the official sportsman betting partner of the NFL. And speaking of offers that you don't want to miss, when Jesse Bates got an offer from the Falcons, it was one that he said, hey, I believe in what is being built down there. So I'm going to part ways with the Cincinnati Bengals, whom he spent five seasons with. And again, if we're being honest, we have not talked a lot about the secondary because it really has been hashtag pass rush matters. So mm-hmm. there was a good reason with what we had seen across the last five years. And I would say you have seen even longer because it goes back. Some people will say it goes back to the John Abraham era when you really saw a pass rush for it the does. Falcons. Right. Yeah. So that's that's why we have spent so much time really focusing on what's happening up front. Also, we did it because we were confident about what was going to happen in the, in the secondary. Well, Jesse Bates absolutely confirmed that for us. I mean, it's so funny because the words, I, I just want to read this really quickly. And this is from Pro Football Focus. Bates signed with the Falcons as a free agent this offseason. He enjoyed about as good a debut as you can imagine, picking off two passes, finishing the game with a 92.9 coverage grade out of this world, out of this world. So yeah, I just feel like sometimes we look and we're like, oh wow, that was that was a high cost to pay for Jesse Bates the third. Oh, I think he already earned checks. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, if he can, not necessarily asking him to have two picks a game, you know, like, so Lord and knows, of course, 30, 30, what, 34 picks, right. you know, in a season would be absolutely right. amazing. Yes, no doubt about it. Yes, but but to just see the type of player that he is. And I want to go, I want to go back to, you know, before the Falcons were even thinking about signing him because I was staunchly against it just for the reasons you laid it out, because I am used to the Falcons not be able to rush the passer, And I know what effective pass rushers can do for a back end of a defense. It can hide a lot of things, but I, I think that when you fast forward to after the game, when I got a chance to talk to Jesse and I was just like, man, like, what is it like? What What are some of the things that you saw on tape that helped you be in those in the right position to pick those balls off? Because essentially they were same type. It was the same type throw, you know, right there on the hash. And, and Jesse kind of just broke that bad boy down just from a film standpoint. Just say hey, we we saw this. This is what we realized. And then I knew <clears throat> once that um, once that ball was snapped, I knew exactly where he was going. And I was just sitting right there waiting on him. So those are some of the type of things that I feel like that's what changes opinions, right? Because, you know, I use facts, simple um, facts that, you know, that are what I've, what I've seen to change the way I think about, you know, uh, uh, Jesse Bates in particular. Because, like, I always say, hey, hashtag pass rush matters. Like, I'm going to stick to that moniker till I leave this earth. But in this particular situation, T, like, that $16 million is looking like a bargain because, to be honest with you, He's the reason why they won the game. Like, oh yeah, like, no question. Because like, the offense was yeah. able to score off of all the off of those turnovers, so he just yep. like he gave him a short field. That makes the difference. That's it the does. difference when it you talk does. about uh, between teams who can't really rush the passer that well, mm-hmm. but they can turn teams over. 
Yep. If that's the identity, I'm all for it. <laughs> and we talked about that. That was one of the keys to the yep. game was for mm-hmm. the defense to make sure they gave Desmond Ritter a short field to work with so that when they got in that red zone, they could actually produce touchdowns. And that is exactly what happened. And that's what you need to see again. And you need to see it up front and early. We'll start talking about week two's game against the Packers because we saw them light up the Bears, right? Yeah. 38 to 20. So Justin Love, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, he's coming for he's coming for blood. So, you know, they definitely have to be prepared, but a guy like Jesse Bates, the third who gave us a little scare at the end of the game, but wanted to come back out. I believe just to make a statement to say, no, I'm good. I'm here. And I can appreciate that kind of effort because that's also something that I feel like spurs on your teammates. But you know what else I like uh, about him? I like the fact that when I looked down the stat line, I also saw 10 tackles and I also saw five solo tackles. So to me, that means he's looking at it as a united front for the defense. Like, yeah, if you happen to get to the second level, I got something for you. So I really appreciate that as well, because that also shows me that there is, you know, physicality that that we're going to see out of him, no matter, you know, where he's lined up and no matter who's coming his way. So I think that's another thing that I really wanted to point out for him and Jordan Love, excuse me, I said Justin, but it's Jordan, Jordan Love. But yeah, you know, that's you another thing that I want to, you know, pay attention to because, like you said, if there's help that needs to be brought anywhere, you'd like to think that on that second level, if a, a receiver or even a running back gets past the de- the defensive line, that yeah, somebody's waiting on him. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like when you talk about. The, the free safety being that guy, the last line of defense, essentially. But he's like the cleanup man. Like, you know, if anything going yeah. on up front, that might be yep. might be wrong. I'm, I'm cleaning that bad boy up. And he yes. was just all over the field. Like, three was just everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, man, this dude is everywhere. So when you think about, you know, the type of player or type of the caliber of player, uh, Terry Fontenot decide, and Arthur Smith decided to bring in, you really, really get a good picture into – um, what he's capable of, and, and you understand why this dude was an all pro. Yeah, indeed, indeed. And, you know, when you look across the whole defense, that's kind of where your mind goes, right? Like, because he had an unbelievable game. But since we have talked a lot about the fact that pass rush matters, let's talk about the rest of the defense and whether or not, Jarvis, you had any glaring concerns of what you saw in game one. You know, to be honest with you, T, like one of the things that, I've, you know, that I really, I liked when they brought Calais Campbell in, right? And because he said one of the reasons why he came here was because, hey, they were going to allow him to play defensive end. Yep. And to be honest with you, I I love Calais to death, but I just don't, I don't know if that's going to be something that's going to be effective for you. Mm -hmm. Because here's the reason why I say that. Arne Abikati hardly played at all. I think he was like, if uh, if I remember correctly, I think he's, uh, let me check it right here. I got it. Um, I think he only played 23 snaps, you know, on, 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 on Sunday. So when you think about your second round guy that mm-hmm. you brought in to rush the passer, the guy who changed his number for whatever reason, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and he just wasn't a part of. Uh, of that of that rotation that you thought he was going to be, especially yeah. on, on 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 pass rush down because Zach Harrison right. actually played more than him. T. He so did. Is, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, this this kind of this kind of scares me because, like you said, like this guy was brought in for specifically he was drafted here 
by this regime to come in and rush the passer. And when you got a 38-year-old defensive end, excuse me, taking snaps from him, like literally pass rush snaps from him, you know, get to the quarterback snaps from him, that's not a good look. And that's my biggest concern as far as, you know, from, from Sunday. I was just like, because once – once Bryce Young started to get a little comfortable in that pocket, yes. he was slinging the, the ball around. He was completing yep. passes. He was getting there. Of course, he had a couple of Aaron throws, a couple turnovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. But if you give any NFL caliber type quarterback time to throw, they're going to make you look. They're going to make you look silly. And yep. that's exactly what Young did from time to time because the the uh, the Panthers they mm-hmm. had the Falcons defense on their heels for a second. They had to figure yes. that thing out. And and yeah. and then. But Ryan Nielsen made the necessary adjustments towards the end, mm-hmm. you know, and start and started putting pressure on the young quarterback. So yeah, I think that you know that's my biggest my biggest thing. I'm sitting here like, okay, on a on is not playing that much, and this dude needs to he needs as many snaps as possible to be able to get home. And if you got a guy of Kalea Campbell's ilk taking those snaps from him, that might tell you something about him as a player going forward. Yeah, that was disappointing and a little bit puzzling because Ryan Nielsen was rotating so many players in and out. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of like, like a hockey a line piece, it, Right. It's like, <laughs> kind of like a Mr. Bevin situation where yeah. you're not going to get a lot of snaps because he's rotating players in and out. However, getting the multitude of snaps, that's what you want. You at right. least want to be the guy who, okay, if three of us rotated out, I want to be the guy in the one spot that got the most reps. And yeah, I I heard Zach Harrison's name far more on Sunday than I expected to, which is a good thing. That's that's not a bad thing because, you know, he's still a third rounder and that's still, that could still be a viable player. No different than your third round QB. Uh, And the only other player, and it's not a concern. Like I just wanted him to. I just want to correct something real quick. He played 23% of the snaps, not 23 snaps, 23% of the snaps, only 18 snaps. So yeah, that's yeah. That's that's yeah. kind of yeah interesting. <laughs> it it is actually yeah it it actually is because then the twenty three percent actually gives an even better picture right. because that's yeah. saying if there are four downs for example and we know you know it might be a three and out situation right? right but if there are four downs and the opposing team decides hey we're going to go for it on fourth and one or we're going to go for it on fourth and whatever. Only one of those four plays were you in. That is scary. And really less than one at 23%. Less than one, yeah. 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 If you if you That's, really want to, you know, slice it and dice it. But the it other like that, that makes it that makes it very clear. Yeah, yeah. And it's the only other message. one I thought that's right. Clear, yeah. clear, clear as mud. But um, yeah, I would say the only other that I saw, and it's not not a bad, he didn't have a bad game. I think it was just kind of up and down, and um, just a few times where I was a little shocked that Richie Grant kind of missed the assignment. But again, mm. I'm not saying he had a bad game, I'm just saying that my expectation of him has been a little bit higher because he kind of put of that out there. So I'm be. looking for you to show and prove. And I, I didn't feel like I got that from him on Sunday. Yeah. Like it was kind of open field tackle yeah, yes. um, that he missed there. So yeah, you, you being that he's a, a pretty solid tackler, you, you mm-hmm. expect him to make that play. And then also like since you talk about raise expectations, get, pick the ball off. <laughs> he, he just yeah. even said he was like, "Hey, man, you know Richard Grant could could be the guy to get a couple picks as well." So mm-hmm. you can tell that 
Jesse is like really pushing him, and yeah. I think that it's some, it's some definitely some some mentoring going on in that space. And I think that that's exactly what uh, Richard Grant needs. But yeah, go ahead and make yeah. the play. Get your name in the paper. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Right. <laughs> no, no, I agree with you wholeheartedly because you you need to be that guy. Like Jesse Bates III needs to feel like he's got a partner in crime. Like if Absolutely. he doesn't get after it for whatever reason, maybe he doesn't get the pick on this play, but you guys have figured out what that quarterback's going to do the next play. Okay, Richie Grant, time to shine. Time Absolutely. to shine. So, yeah, we'll we'll talk a little bit more tomorrow about the matchup between the Falcons and Packers that's coming this Sunday. But, hey, you guys, was there someone on defense we, we all know it's going to be Jesse Bates III that you're going to say shined. So we'll just ask you the question like we posed to you yesterday, which is, did you see anyone on defense that maybe concerned you or any performance on defense that maybe concerned you a little bit? Drop a line, drop a note, let us know. Everydayers, you can drop it right there at YouTube when you're checking us out or when you download ATL Day Ones, make sure that you download us right along with all the podcasts that you listen to. But T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about because that's just how we get down on this show today is no different. T, when we always make jokes about the New York Mets and how the Mets are going to met, um, I think... <laughs> oh, my God, did New you York see Jets, my note? <laughs> I said, that's exactly what I said. We've been working together for quite some time, so right. you know, we got a little chemistry going on over here. Got it. Right. When you think about the Jets, T... Like, I think they need to be added to that category as well. Oh, yeah. Jet, yeah. Jet it last night. Aaron Rodgers played four plays, T. The man limped off the field, and we ain't see him no more. Now we understand why, because the dude got a ruptured Achilles, and he's done for the season. Yeah. Like, all of this fanfare, I was watching Hard Knocks, trying to get uh, become a part of it and kind of figure it out, but mm-hmm. it just never hit me quite like that. Because yeah. it was just something in my gut, something in my soul that was just saying, like, the Jets ain't going to do Jack. I ain't think it was going to be this. I That's think it was right. Aaron Rodgers coming out here just looking old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I thought about that, like, okay, we can say it's the end of a season. And, of course, the Jets wouldn't come out and dare say anything until Aaron Rodgers says it. Not. But you can't help but think is at the end of his career because he is older and coming back from a major injury like that is much more difficult as you get older and you're, you know, I mean, your body's been doing what it's been doing for what is it? 17 years for him. So I think that that's a a question. Now, the funny thing of course, is this started spawning all kinds of questions like Zach Wilson ain't it. So, you know, there've been questions about Taylor Heineke, Matt Ryan. Those are some of the names that have been thrown out there to come and, come back but Zach Wilson when I say he ain't it just meaning that ultimately speaking uh, given where this team is he's not it like they're trying to win a bowl this year yes and the thing about it is we kind of talked about that on our NFL kickoff live show because of course uh, Kyle Krabs covers the Dolphins so he's keeping Mm -hmm. an eye out on what's going on in the AFC East and we tended to think okay it's probably going to be a battle royal between the Bills and the Dolphins, to be quite honest. We didn't really give the Patriots much credit, and we darn sure didn't believe. The Jets are kind of like, you know, buy it or sell it, right? But, yeah, yeah, with no Aaron Rodgers, it's like, like you said, the Mets are going to Met and the Jets are going to Jet in terms of things happening to them in unbelievable fashion. Now, apparently, the football angels did have some, some – 
compassion for the Jets because that run back on that punt in overtime. Oh, yeah. Xavier Gibson. Oh, yes. He, yeah. I said, if, okay, bye, was a person, he would be it because he was off to the races. And now he's, now he was a good storyline that I actually caught on. I was like, okay, that was kind of cool on Hard Knocks. Like he, yeah. another wide receiver, I can't, his name escapes me right now. They Both of them made the team and uh, yes. they were, you know, as undrafted guys, like that is, his percentages are very small for it, yeah. for both of them to make it. it. I thought it was really cool. And and Gibson was a guy that, you know, he flashed in, in camp and he was consistent. Mm-hmm. And all the veterans were talking about, hey, man, this cat got something. And Aaron Rodgers yeah. even took kindly to him as well. So for him to come out there in the opener and return that bad boy for, for a touchdown in, in overtime, T, that's, I know he's still kind of gleaming from that one, yes. given – uh, given the situation, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. And I will tell you, not that you know we're going to go down the rabbit hole on any type of analysis, but let me say something about Josh Allen. Him and those picks, him and those turnovers. That's got to. That's got to stop. But T, we've seen this movie before. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's why I said it. That's this why I said we're not going to do analysis. This is not a premiere. We've this, seen this yeah, before. this is who he. Yeah, this is yes. starting to become. This is who he is. Yes. So that's why you're looking at Tua Tagovailoa and what he's looked like so far, especially having Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle to kind of cover up any you know mishaps or mistakes, and that takes nothing away from the receivers for the bills but i just had to point that out too like xavier gibson was able to get there and the jets were able to get to overtime in large part to what josh allen did and didn't do so we'll watch it and see how it goes for the rest of the season yeah because josh you got to get your life together my brother because uh you got some stuff going on speaking of getting your lives together how about this guys gentlemen uh listen up for a second just got a little public service announcement you know if you are uh, over 40, go ahead and get that prostate check. Because, you know, hey, it's that time of the year. Well, yeah. hey, there's going to be a lot of conversations being talked about it because I actually got a chance to take my father probably about a year or so ago now um, to get his done. And, you know, the relief that I saw on his face after he got back the results, like, that's how I want to feel, too, when I go get mine. So, yeah, you guys, if you haven't gotten it done and you're over the age of 40, go ahead and make sure you get that bad boy check. Yeah, that's important. And early detection for any form of cancer is always a good look. And no, we don't want you to have a diagnosis at all. But it's better to know if you do to catch it early so that you can work with your physicians and your surgeons to get you back to 100% complete health. So yeah, take seriously that September is the month, Prostate Cancer Month, for you guys to take care of you. Now, we hope that the Braves take care of business because if they can get a split with the Phillies, they've got the NL East for the sixth straight season. So we'll be watching to see what Max Fried will do tonight. It'll be an interesting go around up there in Philly as he takes on Zach Wheeler. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about, and you know what? Might give you a little Hawks talk tomorrow. Come back and you'll see. Oh, and last but not least, before we get out of here, make sure you guys share love, Show love. Make sure you get stay around and get those tests done so you can stick around and spread some love. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Yes. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.